Good morning and welcome to the show. Today is one of those out and about recording sessions, so I have to apologize in advance that there's going to be a lot of noise, um, cars honking in the background, people moving back and forth, and that's because I'm currently on the fuel queue right now. For those of you who are still in Nigeria, you know the situation that we've been facing with uh, the fuel scarcity, or the fuel shortages. And so that still is a regular part of our lives in this part of the world. And so, um, yeah, once in a while, you uh, you find yourself doing what it is that you have to do. So it's a wonderful Sunday morning, and instead of getting ready for church, I'm here on the fuel queue, and I figured I might as well just go ahead and make um, a podcast recording. So uh, just like with the other fuel recordings, I might have to stop from time to time, uh, get the car in gear, move forward, and um, yeah, so expect interruptions while we are doing this podcast uh, recording. Okay, so today I'm going to go over the real reason why folks are scared of being a pussy salesperson. Sorry, one moment. Looks like the traffic. Looks like we're moving. Okay, so the real reason why people are scared of being uh, pushy salespeople. Um, because um, we've gone in previous podcasts, we've gone over how uh, the selling and the marketing function is the primary function of us being in business. Because if we don't exercise the selling function or the marketing function of the business, then we're not going to have a customer. If we don't have a customer, then there's nobody or no context or no situation over which we get to exercise our craft. So in other words, if you're a fashion stylist, then you really are not a fashion stylist per se. You actually are a marketer because if you do not market and sell and if you do not create a customer, if you do not create buying opportunities, then there's no one to practice that your skill of fashion design and uh, beauty and um, all of that over. So the primary reason why we're in business is to create customers and because of that the marketing and the selling function is the most important function that we have to be engaged in but there are people who don't want to be engaged in the marketing and the selling functions because they don't want to be um, obtrusive they don't want to be uh, pushy they don't want to be uh, quarrelsome they don't want to be nosy uh, whatever it is that you um, call it so just like with buyers how buyers have sales resistance in the sales um, process it looks like sellers actually have a similar disease as well. So um, for buyers, sales resistance is just the reality that nobody wants to be sold even when they have a problem. So that's the reason why we meet someone who has a, uh, a problem that your product or service might solve and they seem to be hesitant. But that's because they're going through what is called sales resistance. If you've listened to the older episodes where we explored um, Tom Hopkins' um, selling framework, uh, that goes through through trust, need, help, and hurry. Um, the reason why they're hesitant is because nobody wants to be sold. They want to be sure that they trust you first, that you understand the need, that you can help, and you have to be able to build some urgency. And it's only when we've gone through that um, those phases that people will be uh, comfortable enough to buy, to do business with us. So, um, where are we? Okay, yeah, so that's um, sales resistance. Now, for sellers, those of us who are um, the business people who are trying to sell our product or our service, we have what we call sales reluctance. Now, sales reluctance, or rather sales call reluctance, sales call reluctance is the fear of carrying out all the activities that we need to generate revenue, especially those activities that need or require talking to a customer. 
So it's easy to do other stuff that are revenue generating where no customers uh, are involved. So placing a Facebook ad, that is very easy. All you have to do is set up your account, set the parameters, and then you hit um, go. So people have no problem doing that, publishing, promoting, um, advertising, running those sorts of things. But then when it comes to activities that involve, sorry, one moment, it looks like the line is moving again. So when it comes to activities that involve talking to customers, like picking up the phone, going to somebody's office, going to somebody's um, house, uh, what else? You know, setting up meetings, things like that. You find that the average person is reluctant to do that. Sorry if my attention seems to be split, but before I started recording, I didn't anticipate that the line would move the way it is. Okay, anyway, what was I? Okay, yeah, so why do we have sales call reluctance? Why are people um, scared of uh, the customer facing activities? Now, the reason why they're scared of doing that is because it is scary to talk to strangers, especially when you don't have a plan. Because a lot of people who are in this context are pretty much um, freestyling from one meeting to another without a plan, without a sense of a sales process or a selling framework for how you're supposed to guide conversations. And all this freestyling just makes people nervous. So you meet with BC on a Monday, you didn't have a plan, you decided to wing it, and then you meet with uh, Corrida the day after, the same thing, you wing it, and you meet with uh, Abdurrahman on a Wednesday, and then you wing it. And of course, because you're winging it, there's no way to track how you're making progress, what needs to be improved, what needs to be refined, and one conversation after another and after another, all the failed conversations add up, and then it makes you extremely nervous about these sorts of things. So. Talking to strangers without a plan, that's one of the reasons why we have sales call uh, reluctance. And then, uh, the second one is tied to the uh, title of the podcast episode, is because they're afraid of being pushy, and they're afraid of being inconsiderate, because no human being likes to be um, a pest. So those are the two main reasons um, why we have sales call reluctance. Now, uh, how do we solve the problem? We need to come up with a plan for how to talk to um, strangers and how to guide meetings around um, a sense of value. Because so we should be trying to discover um, where there's value that your product or service can uh, add to the situation, can improve the potential customer's life, their context. Um, so those are the ways that we should be driving uh, the conversations around. We are primarily looking for where the value is in our product, where the value is in our situation, and how uh, those two can meet to make everybody um, happy. Because if we can discover the value and advocate value and provide the service, then everybody's happy. We make some revenue, their life gets easier, they're closer to uh, their end goals, and um, it's a win-win. So just like the uh, architect example that we used in the previous episode, the young architect who's discussing with Madame uh, Ogidingbe, if he has found ways to deliver value to the situation, then everybody's happy. Madame Ogidingbe has a factory that is uh, optimized, uh, well-designed, to make the, bro uh, the business processes run smoothly. So she's happy because she has a wonderful um, layout in her factory. And the architect is happy because he has found um, a good client, uh, some endorsements, and he has gotten some revenue. So that's how it works. Now the plan for value shouldn't come as a, um, rather the plan for discovering value shouldn't come as uh, much of a surprise for those of you who've been listening to the podcast for a very long time. Um, because your plan should include you trying to figure out 
who's that you should be talking to that is why the prospecting part of the mix is really important we want to be sure we're talking to the right person we have to be able to try and figure out what they want what they need uh, discover the extent of the pro the problem that they have or the vision that they're working towards it's only then that we're going to be able to show how the product or service is a match uh, for them we also have to be asking them questions in the conversation to explore what kind of terms they'd be willing to go ahead uh, to take action on regarding the product or the service so so long as you have these ideas no matter how vague that you're having a conversation and trying to discover some of these things then it's not as fearful as it seems because when you meet with bc on monday and then with bio on tuesday and with abdurrahman on wednesday and with uh, ngozi on uh, thursday or friday or whatever if you have this vague roadmap in your head then each situation is not a scary situation where we're freestyling but you're just going there with a list of questions in your head that you need to answer am i talking to the right person do they actually want or they need this is this a must-have or is it something that's a nice to have are they just curious uh do i have the inventory to solve the problems um that i'm looking for and really what terms are they willing to um go ahead with uh this deal on so back to the architect example you're meeting with uh, madame Wokedengbe in the office that's all it is that you're trying to figure out am i talking to the right person this madame Wokedengbe that i'm talking to is she the owner of the piece of land is she the manager of the factory um is she just an employee uh, in the whole setup do i have to be talking to someone who's a, um, a lot much higher up who has the authority to make the decisions and things like that um, now that you're sure you're, you're talking to the right person madam ogedengbe she's the md of the business uh, she owns the factory she's the one that is calling the shots um, is it do they really need the services of an architect or do the changes that she wants to make to her factory can they be solved uh, easily by um, a local foreman in the community because there are some things that you don't need an architect for you just get a simple um, draftsman who has uh, rudimentary training who can sketch out a, um, a simple plan you know nothing too sophisticated so as an architect um, in this case it's not every single thing that you're going to be making a pitch for because really some things would be overkill like okay yes this person needs to put up one section of the house or something like that but this is something that um, a draftsman or a foreman can solve you don't need to hire an expensive architect to do that so uh, yeah so those are questions around uh, the wants or the need and then um, if you've done a good job of asking the right questions you're going to be able to make an effective presentation to say okay um, um, okay so based on what I if I understand the whole situation correctly this is what we're aiming for uh, I think we're well suited to this because of my previous experience in uh, putting up factories for Mr. So-and-so, engineer this person, engineer that person. Um, yeah, so uh, if I understand correctly, this is what we're aiming towards. Because of my previous experience, experience in this field, I'm confident that I should be able to help you achieve ABC and XYZ, especially with regard to the poultry section and the cow section and this and this and that and that. And uh, yeah, you're going to be able to make an effective presentation, uh, make the pitch for why both of you should be able to um, go ahead and uh, yeah of course exploring the terms on which they'll be willing to go ahead like I like I mentioned so you're going to be asking those sorts of questions as well you know so typical clients um, that we've handled these sorts of projects for like uh, engineer Ekwahan's uh, farm or engineer Chukudi's uh, factory when we did the work there these projects typically go for anything between 
uh, 10 million and 15 million? Is that within the budget range that you have in mind? You know, you have to get to those money questions eventually and in my own opinion um, sooner than later so that we can test out what the expectations are. So if you have all these big plans in your head about the, com the questions that you're going to ask, the conversations that you're going to have, then it's not so scary talking to people after all. Now, to the crux of why we're making this recording in the first place. Are you being pushy if you are executing this plan? Because some people might still say, all this is a little too forward. Me asking questions about money, me trying to figure out if Magana, uh, the person that I'm talking to, uh, Engineer Chukudi or Madame Ogilingbe, trying to figure out if they're the boss or if they're, if they're just a um, employee within the organization. Um, um, what else? Asking questions about the scope of the project. All this just seems rather pushy. So it's all this, in fact, being pushy. So one moment. Looks like the queue is moving again. Sorry about this interruption. It's hard for me to record and drive at the same time, especially since I'm using my phone. Okay. Anyway, so are you being pushy um, if you head into conversations with uh, this uh, plan of action at the back of your mind? And the answer is no, you're not being pushy. The only time that you're going to be pushy is if you're talking to someone who is not interested in what you have or if they're not looking for what it is that you have. So if you go into this conversation with Madame Okidengbe, but the thing is she already has a, a foreman or a draftsman and she thinks that a foreman or draftsman is adequate and that she doesn't need an architect for the project then yes you are being pushy if you're still trying to continue the meeting so if you've gotten to the stage where you figure out that this person thinks they don't need an architect then you're being pushy for those of you who are in the wedding and the event space you already know what it is that i'm talking about you're the wedding planner you're talking to the bride but the bride insists that look she's from a big family her mom has 12 sisters and uh, her 12 aunties are perfectly capable of organizing this wedding, then as a wedding professional, yes, you know that um, this is not uh, adequate, and you know the pitfalls, you know how things are going to um, fall apart, and you have tried to explain how it's uh, dicey and tricky trying to have family members um, plan your wedding. But the thing is, if they don't feel like there's a want or there's a need there, if they really think that there are 12 aunties, if they really think that the Council of Amazons is enough to plan the wedding, there is no need, there is no want, there is no interest, then in that case, yes, you are being pushy. You've done your best, you've handled the conversation, and we've gotten to the point where they're not um, interested. So in this case, you are being pushy. So so long as somebody has a want, somebody has a need, somebody is interested, um, they have the budget for it, then you are not being pushy. So if you're an architect who is going around the estate, Sorry about that noise, um, starting up the car again because the queue is moving. So if you're an architect who is going around uh, knocking on doors randomly in the estate, uh, trying to see you know who needs the services of an architect, then yeah, given that context, you are being pushy because you haven't found someone with a want, um, with a need, who can afford and is ready to take action anytime soon. So you are being uh, pushy. Um, in that case and you should be looking for a better way to prospect but however if you're an architect and you're calling up someone that you've met at the abuja chamber of commerce 
and while the meeting was going on at the Abuja Chamber of Commerce, the person mentioned that um, she's building a factory or she's building a house or whatever, or she's extending this part of her house or extending this part of the plant or something, and that she needs someone to help out with the floor, de uh, floor and elevation designs and blah, blah, blah. In this case, you are not being pushy because you've met someone at the Abuja Chamber of Commerce. That's where business people hang out. Um, when we're hanging out at Abuja Chamber of Commerce, Port Harcourt Chamber of Commerce, Lagos Chamber of Commerce, where business people who are there um, organized for um, a certain reason, obviously, which is the promotion of our own um, business ends. So if we start having conversations around business purposes, that is not unreasonable. You are not being pushy. You've met someone randomly. It looks like they might have a need or a want that you are uniquely um, suited to solving, so you're not being pushy. So the question of whether you're being pushy, it's not something that you answer in absolute terms. You always have to consider um, all the circumstances that I have uh, uh, mentioned. Whether you're talking to the right person, whether there's a want, whether there's a need, whether there's an interest, and whether it looks like um, they, uh, they have budget. So, um, where was I? Okay, yeah, so if you consider all these terms and you're speaking to the right person, what's a need, what's a want, what's a desire, can afford, uh, they have a clear start date that they have in mind, you know, things like that, then you're not being pushy. You are just being a service professional, and that is what we all are at the end of the day. Or rather, that is what most of us are at the end of the day. We're service professionals, whether we're business consultants, wedding planners, uh, okay, well, except for people who are commodity traders, maybe like you sell um, soya, uh, soya beans in uh, commodity markets in uh, Kano or whatever you find that a lot of us are service professionals. So in these situations, we're not being pushy, we're just being service professionals, and we're doing what it is that we need to do to move the business um, forward. So I think I'll just um, wrap it up here. And um, yes, I'll just wrap it up here. Let me focus on trying to buy this fuel. And uh, I'll catch you guys at the next recording. And hopefully, uh, for those of us who are in Nigeria having to deal with all these hassles, we should have all these challenges overcome soon. So you guys enjoy the rest of the weekend, um, like I'm going to try and do. And I'll catch you guys at the next episode.